0: talking and uh I'm getting my stuff out of here so that I will have room up here for everything. And uh yeah when I read through this last night it took a good hour. I'm not gonna pause i gonna keep going. Good morning ladies. I'm so excited that God has given me this opportunity to be here and to teach the lessons on Seeking the Shepherd. Before we get started, I'd like to start with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this opportunity to meet together and to open your word and to learn. And Father, thank you for teaching me what it means to be a sheep and a shepherd. And Father, thank you for blessing me with the opportunity to share what you have taught me in the sheep fields with my sisters. And I pray that you will give me the words today as I speak, and that these ladies will be blessed, and that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, sisters, if you'll indulge indulge me. I'd like to spend most of my time giving my testimony of what God, my shepherd, has done for me and for Kip. Kip had been struggling with feeling his prayer stopped at the ceiling, and he wasn't feeling God's peace in general. It is so hard to explain God's peace and want to share that more than anything with your husband. But you can't do it for him. It has to be a heart thing with God. Deaf people had begun coming the summer before and needed some transportation. However, at that point, Kip felt the distance was too far and the sacrifice too great to commit to weekly transportation. Then God gave us the dark valley experience that changed everything, ending with a mountaintop experience. Let me share how Seeking the Shepherd First has had an impact on our lives and our marriage. Beginning on November 25, 2016, Black Friday, through March 25, In 2017, Kip was suffering from chest pain that waxed and waned. By February, it became nonstop, more severe with any activity, even walking from one room to another. On Wednesday, March 22nd, it was greatly affecting his breathing. He was convinced he had an upper respiratory infection, and finally on Saturday afternoon, March 25th, he said he couldn't take it anymore and was going to urgent care. The upper respiratory infection was actually pneumonia. Bad enough that he was not getting enough oxygen, and therefore it drove him to seek medical attention. Up until then, even though he was in intense pain, he was hearing what he wanted to hear from the doctor. It's not your heart, it's probably acid reflux. He drove a school bus full of children daily over four months with chest pain, and by the grace of God, nothing happened. I am convinced. God used the pneumonia to get him to seek urgent medical attention. Still, he wouldn't go to the emergency room until Urgent Care said he must, and they were concerned enough to recommend ambulance transport. I drove him to the hospital and sent a Facebook post, 4.55 p.m. at ER with Kip, referred by Urgent Care, chest x-rays showed pneumonia with low blood pressure and low oxygen. That revved up the prayer chain. They started him on oxygen immediately. He had just finished a chest x-ray and they were trying to get an IV started by the time I went back to join him. His veins were very hard to stick and he was dehydrated to make matters worse. Different nurses and techs took turns trying to get the blood started and, and start an IV. It took nine or ten sticks to get the blood for the phlebotomist to get an IV and to get an IV started. When the emergency doctor came in to let us know that he felt the pneumonia should be watched overnight, especially since his blood oxygen was still low, even though he was breathing pure oxygen. Kip said he didn't want to stay. He just wanted to get an antibiotic and go home. <clears throat> the doc said he felt it was important to stay. He just wanted to get an antibiotic and go home. The doctor said it was important he stay. Then they both looked at me. I said, I think you should stay. And the doc said, then I win. I went out to make arrangements for a bed, evidently other blood tests. Kip really hates it when I disagree with him in public because he feels disrespected. I understand that, and I make a real effort not to do so. But the Spirit urged me to be bold and state what I thought. I'm so thankful that God gives us exactly what we need, each and every time we need it, if we just follow. I left to pick up some things for Kip and grab a bite. To my surprise, Kip had had a CT scan and was already scheduled for a heart cath in the morning by the time I got back, but still waiting for a bed. I sent out another Facebook post, 9.30 p.m. He's staying in the hospital tonight with pneumonia. His oxygen is still low, and he still has the chest pain. So they're doing a heart cath in the morning because there may be blockage. Finally, a bed was available at 10.30 p.m. In ICU, the nurse told me ICU beds are hard to get and heart cath patients are always returned to ICU, standard procedure. I stayed until they had Kip settled. I could tell he was very unhappy with me, so I gave the nurses my phone number and said good night. I went home to sleep in my own bed, and when I left Saturday night, they were going to keep him for observation for pneumonia. I was told that as long as I was there by 8.30 a.m., there would be plenty of time to meet with the doctor prior to the cath procedure at 9.30. Psalm 26, 2-3, through 3 and 12. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. For your love is ever before me, and I walk continually in your truth. My feet stand on level ground in the great assembly. I will praise the Lord. Sunday, March 26. I slept like a baby. I woke up early Sunday morning and read my Bible. As the Spirit would have it, I was reading psalms at the time in my daily Bible reading. It so happened that the day of the month and the psalm number were in sync. It was Sunday, March 26, so I read Psalm 26. Verses 2 through 3 and 12 that we just read stood out to me. The why became clear after I got to the hospital. I ate my breakfast, took care of the dog, and was just going in to take my shower when the phone rang. It was Kip telling me to come to the hospital now. It was 7.50 a.m., And the number was one I didn't recognize, but by the grace of God, I answered it. Thankfully, our driveway to the hospital parking lot is only three and a half minutes. I threw on my clothes and drove straight over. I walked up to his room. It was full of medical personnel. I said, Kip, the nurse turned to see me, telling the cardiologist, this is his wife. Immediately, the cardiologist took me aside in the hall and told me, he's had a heart attack. He is in congestive heart failure. His heart is in shock, so he cannot breathe when he lays flat, even with the oxygen. And he has to be able to lay flat for the heart calf procedure. To stabilize him and his breathing, we need to put him on a ventilator. Then the pulmonologist walked up and joined in stating that although he's on pure oxygen, the blood oxygen is still low. His blood pressure is low, and the only way to stabilize the breathing is to get the blood oxygen up for the procedure is to intubate him. After that, he'll be sedated until after the procedure. They asked for my permission, which I readily gave, and the doctors walked back into the room saying we're going to intubate, etc. I cried out, wait! I need to say bye, at which point the sea of medical people parted and let me through to him. He was on oxygen, the heavy-duty one with the bigger bag and tubing. He already had IVs, etc So it was hard to get to him for a proper hug. I walked in, planning to be strong, but once I said, Hi, handsome, I had a lump in my throat, and it was hard to get the words out. I laid my hand on his chest and told him, It will be all right. God will get us through this. I love you, and then I squeezed his hand. He mouthed, I love you, as he squeezed my hand. Then I had to hurry out because the tears were starting to flow. Thoughts were flooding through my mind. I didn't know if I would ever see him alive again. One thought trumped them all. I am alone. One of the biggest lies that Satan tells us in a crisis. You are alone. Look around. Do you see anyone? Where is your God now? Don't believe the lies. God promised never to leave us. pulmonologist told me we'll come get you as soon as we have him on the ventilator wait in the waiting room as i walked down the hall i could hear doctors giving orders until i got out of the double doors in the waiting room i called val and crystal val had already planned to come up after bible class they were about 90 minutes south of san antonio but she said they were on their way to the hospital and would be there as soon as they could be i called my best friend sherry in houston and told her and then i called my sister lisa Understand that even though Lisa grew up in the church, she had become an atheist with her husband, a biochemist. Brilliant ignorance. So whenever I was in crisis, I would ask for prayers, but she would talk about positive thoughts and good karma. That morning she said, I will pray. Praise God. I sent a Facebook post at 844. Kip has congestive heart failure. Had to be put on a ventilator to stabilize breathing for the heart cap resting in the Lord by the way some folks I later found out misread that as he was already at rest with the Lord (laughs) thank God it wasn't I was sitting in the empty waiting room and the pulmonologist himself walked in to get me he sat down across from me and told me that Kip is really fortunate that he was in the hospital when he had the heart attack and even now he had the widowmaker most people don't get that opportunity I knew he was right and I was thanking God for the pneumonia that put him there He told me, he is very sick, but we will pray for him and take good care of him. Then he walked me back to Kip's room. I know that there was God's way of telling me, baby, you are not alone. I'm right here with you every step of the way. As I felt God embrace my soul, it gave me the strength to see Kip. He was lying stiff, sedated, and cold with the ventilator breathing for him. When I walked in, the blood oxygen was up but then it started dropping the pulmonologist was there pumping various drugs in him to raise the blood level blood oxygen level it was time for the heart cast but the cardiologist was told to wait an hour while he stabilized him I decided to talk to Kip as if I knew he could hear me I stroked his hair and held his hand with the paralytic and the swelling he felt more dead than alive but God was in control and I was begging him for complete healing Even so, the Spirit gave me the courage to end every prayer with, Your will, not mine, but give me the strength. I sent a text to John Skipworth at 9.36 a.m. during Bible class. He's not stable with the oxygen, so they are waiting on the procedure. When Val, Jason, and the kids arrived, I brought Val and Alyssa back to the room. Alyssa walked in, started shaking, and walked back into the hall. It was too much. Val was pretty shook up, too, seeing him like that. An hour after he was supposed to be doing the heart cath, he was finally stable enough to take him down. We followed him down to the cath lab and waited down the hall in the waiting room. I sent another text to John Skipworth, 1113. He's stable and in the cath lab now. After two hours, the cath lab assistant came out to get permission to insert the heart pump. About 30 minutes later, we saw them wheel him past on his way back to the room. When the cardiologist talked to us afterwards, he painted a pretty bleak picture. His heart muscle looks good and strong, but it was only functioning a third of the capacity. All three arteries in the heart were blocked, one completely. He is on full life support, and he must have open heart surgery and bypasses as soon as possible. But, given the state of his heart and his lungs at this point, he would die on the table. However... With the surgery, it is possible for him to make a full recovery. He would remain on full life support until the surgery, which they anticipated could be Wednesday. The cardiologist had already called the heart surgeon, and the surgeon would be in contact with me in the next 12 to 24 hours. The heart pump required that a cardiac ICU nurse stay in the room with him 24-7 to monitor the heart pump. I was so thankful this happened on the weekend, and we had the on-call cardiologist. He was very good, informing us of everything pertaining to Kip's diagnosis and prognosis. He was truthful about the risks and concerns, but he held out hope that with surgery, Kip could make it. I sent another Facebook post, 2.04 p.m. Kip is stable on full life support, needs open heart surgery, but too great a risk now, hopefully on Wednesday. Keep prayers coming. The pulmonologist ordered a chest x-ray once he was returned to his room. I was standing in the hall watching the x-ray appear on the screen. Something didn't look right. I could only see one lung. The nurse immediately snapped a picture of the x-ray and sent it to the pulmonologist via text. I barely had time to get into the room once they removed the machine before the pulmonologist ran in. He said Kip's left lung had collapsed. It needed to be suctioned using a scope. I agreed. Order started coming rapid fire to nurses and within five minutes he started the suction. Val walked in during the commotion and I told her his lung had collapsed. She dropped her head into her hands in exasperation. I watched the doctor scan each bronchial tube and suction pocket after pocket of fluid from his lung. Once he was done, he checked the other lung to be sure it was clear and ordered another x-ray. This time both lungs were visible in the x-ray. The doctor turned back to us with thumbs up. He gave more orders to the nurse, and as he left the room, he said, That's enough excitement for today. I agreed. Lord, please let that be all today. My God and shepherd enveloped that room and gave me such peace and comfort. I knew he had it all in hand. At 4 p.m., Dr. Hamner, the cardiothoracic surgeon, was in Kip's room to talk to me. He had already seen and reviewed all of the films, notes, etc., on Kip's case. Dr. Hamner told me that he would be doing the surgery. He concurred with Dr. Palomino, the cardiologist, that Kip needed the full life support rest to strengthen the heart for surgery. He told me that Kip's risk score was a 6 and that Northeast didn't like to do them over a 4. He said he could do the surgery either place, Northeast or Maine, and that he was talking to the powers that be in regard to staying at Northeast. He felt the surgery could be done on either Wednesday or Thursday. At every turn, God was giving me encouragement and showing his presence. For a renowned surgeon to show up within two hours after talking to the cardiologist on Sunday afternoon, having already reviewed everything, that was God in control on the throne, reminding me that he was acting on our behalf. I wish I could say that I slept through the night trusting the Lord, But it wasn't the case. I was up every couple of hours, checking on Kip, talking to him, and praying. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Monday, March 27th. I sent a text response to John Skipworth at 7.49 a.m. We had a quiet night. His stats are improving looking forward to a boring day with him, catching up on his sleep while the machines do the work. I am claiming Deuteronomy 33.12. For the first time since Kip went in on Black Friday, I saw his regular cardiologist. The first thing he told me that morning, this type of blockage doesn't show up in other tests, only the heart cath. Hmm. Interesting. He also stated he, was, he just saw him a few months ago. Yes, I replied, in February subsequent to his hospital stay the weekend of Black Friday. A little later, orders came by to stop the paralytic IV and to reduce the sedation but maintain a sleep state. By the time the day shift was over, the sedation dosage had been reduced by almost half. He was still asleep, but he no longer felt cold to the touch. In fact, his feet were toasty warm. Other than that, nothing happened that day. Praise God. It was a boring day, and his body was able to rest and recover from the trauma of the day before. It was a quiet day for me, too. I was able to do my Bible study, enjoy the visitors, and talk to Kip. I spoke to him off and on all day. I also had time to reflect on precious memories we had made together and shared together. When I left the room, I told him where I was going, and I made sure he knew I was back on my return. Valerie and Crystal both drove in with their family. It was great to have them with me. It also gave me a chance to run home, shower, and get away from the hospital for a little bit. But I couldn't stay away long. Facebook post, 7.50 p.m. Today went really well. It was a boring day. Thank God. They were able to take him off the paralytic, cut down the sedation by almost half. His blood pressure is good, so he's off the BP medicine to elevate it. He's responding to touch, but still in a deep sleep. Tomorrow, they are hoping to wean him off the heart pump. If that goes well, they'll try to remove the ventilator to get him ready to move to Methodist, Maine, ICU, since he's high risk. Facebook post, 8.03 p.m. Surgery is looking more like Thursday. I've told Kip, I expect to celebrate our 40th anniversary on Sunday together with a hug and a kiss. God is able. I truly appreciate all of the prayers and love. We are truly blessed. I slept well that night, as well as I could in a recliner. Nevertheless, it was sustained sleep. God was in control. He had the night shift so I could rest. I am well aware he was on 24-7, but the peace was more calming and comforting at night. I didn't feel the need to stay awake worrying. In fact, I didn't wake up until the doctor came in and was talking to the nurse. Psalm 28 Seven to 9 praise be to the lord for he has heard my cry for mercy the lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusts in him and i am helped my heart leaps for joy and i will give thanks to him in song the lord is the strength of his people a fortress of salvation for his anointed one save your people and bless your inheritance be their shepherd and carry them forever Tuesday, March 28th, at 9 a.m., his cardiologist ordered the nurse to begin weaning Kip off the heart pump. They started by changing the pump from one to one, every beat, to one to two, every other beat. The plan was to remove it by 2 p.m. The pulmonologist came by to give the order for the nurse to wake Kip up on the ventilator so he could try breathing on his own and exercise his lungs. The nurse asked me if Kip was calm or if I thought he needed to be restrained. I told him I wasn't sure what to expect. He told me he'd watch him and restrain him only if necessary. First, he had to reduce the sedation. He woke him up at 11 a.m. Once Kip opened his eyes, the nurse told him, Remain calm. Do not talk. Just nod or shake your head. And do not move your right leg. He had the heart pump. Kip nodded that he understood. He was then told that they were going to switch the ventilator to allow him to breathe on his own with the ventilator still in his mouth. Kip was cool as a cucumber in the nurse's words. It was wonderful to see him awake. Frankly, I was surprised with his calm response. I'm afraid I would have fought to get the ventilator out or panicked at the idea of breathing on my own. After Kip started breathing on his own, the heart pump was reduced from one to two to one to three beats. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more then all we ask for imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I sent a Facebook post at 12.03 p.m. Kip is awake now. They've lowered the pump to once every three beats instead of every beat. He's breathing on his own to exercise his lungs. His blood pressure is good, and he's taking some nice deep breaths. The best part is, I can see his baby blues. And he squeezed my hand. God is good, just waiting and trusting in him. Kip tried to sign to me that he was cold. Unfortunately, I was in the wife mode, not the interpreter, and I didn't recognize it at first. Poor guy, I know that was frustrating. Kip continued to do well and was awake until 1245. By that time, he was exhausted. He was returned to the ventilator breathing for him with sedation. I was thrilled to see him awake, but happy to see him resting again. His heart was able to maintain the beat on its own successfully, so the heart pump was removed around 2 p.m. as scheduled. The pulmonologist told me that they would be transferring him with the ventilator and it would remain until after surgery. I have to admit, I was a little relieved. I was nervous about the transfer already and didn't want him to be without anything that he needed to be safe. Kip's sister Kathy and my sister Liz, Lisa both came into town to be with me. It was a blessing to have them here. Kathy's such a positive person. She brought me a goodie bag with the Devo book and magazine, among other things. I glanced at them, but really the reading and the book that gave me the most comfort was the Bible. God brought us thus far. He would continue the journey beside us. That's the peace that passes understanding. What an awesome blessing it is in times of trial and uncertainty to know that he is merciful, powerful, and faithful to those who love him. It's important to note that the starting point for the peace is a relationship with the Lord, then an overflow from the heart, followed by God's cascade of peace and joy, as Philippians 4, 4-7 illustrates. Read it with me. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Facebook post. 6.30 p.m. Kip had a great day. The heart pump was removed at 2, and he's holding his own. He breathed on his own awake for almost two hours. It must have been exhausting. He still had the vent tube, so he couldn't talk, but he could sign one-handed. It would have been great if his interpreter wife had understood immediately, but I was clueless at first. We'll have a good laugh about that later, and we did. He's back asleep on the ventilator, and will be transferred that way. He's looking good for the move tomorrow to Methodist, Maine. Don't know what time yet. If all goes well, surgery will be Thursday. God blessed us with a window of time to see each other and hold hands. What an awesome God we serve. Psalm 29, 11, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And John 14, 27. Jesus tells us, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Satan knows he can't snatch you from the shepherd's hand, so he tries to rob you of your peace to disorient you. And on this slide... It's referring to john ten twenty seven my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any pluck them out of my hand and the picture on the slide is of a giant hand holding this incredibly tiny lamb sleep, sleeping peacefully. At 6.45 a.m., Kip's cardiologist asked, Have you prepared your family? I told them gra- that they know it's a grave risk. His response, You better prepare your family. Satan in his darkness was in the room again, trying to shake my faith, but I refused to believe it. I knew we were in the valley of the shadow of death, but I knew we were not alone. My shepherd was with me, and one way or another, he would get us home. I knew God is able. I asked for his will, but I was also begging him to let us have more time in this life together. I called both girls and talked with them. I was thankful that the decision in the future lay in the hands of my God and my shepherd, not Satan and certainly not mine. His perfect peace continued to wash over me as I sought the shepherd with all of my might. Doubt and faith collide in the valley. The only way to defeat Satan is to trust the shepherd and stand in his shadow. Julie Paduska brought me breakfast at 7.30 a.m. with little Liz in tow. Liz is four and curious, and to her mother's embarrassment, she started into the room to say, Hi, Mr. Kip. I thought it was adorable, a welcome distraction. Then about 9.30 a.m., Melanie Sanders came by to bring me handmade cards from her girls Caitlin and Kaylee, Caitlin 6 and Kaylee 4. Those cards really lifted my spirit that day and all the rest when I looked at them. When Caitlin was 3 and 4, I was in her Bible class and showed them pictures of my sheep so they know I'm a shepherd. The cards were peppered with stickers that the girls chose, Faith, Love, The Lord is My Shepherd, Have Faith in the Lord Your God, and Pray Without Ceasing. Haley's had some of the letters turned backwards, just precious, stating, I hope you feel better soon, Mr. Kip. Caitlin wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, to caption her drawing. She drew sheep and figures, and more importantly, a shepherd's staff. The size of the staff was bigger than anything or anyone in the drawing. What a powerful statement from such a small girl. Her statement, I loved your wife and you, along with Band-Aid stickers sprinkled on both, made me laugh out loud at a time when I needed to smile and to laugh. God used those little girls to bless me and gave their mom the willingness to personally bring them to me. They poured their hearts into those cards, a little child to lead them. Great ministry for moms and young children. Caitlin didn't know it when she drew it, but God did. So I didn't miss the fact that the shepherd's staff was bigger than everything else in the drawing. Thank you, Father. I know it was you reminding me that you had it all in hand. The shepherd's staff is a very precious thing to me. The staff is a visual reminder that our shepherd is near and ever watching. In fact, I have a beautiful wooden shepherd's staff hanging on my living room wall. I see it every time I come home in the evening and before I leave for the day. I pass by it when I go into my office to write and when I set the alarm at night. The staff represented peace and comfort in a dark valley to David in Psalm 23, 4. It does the same for me today. While Kip was on full life support, God continued to lift my spirit with Kip's little successes. To some that came to visit and the healthcare professionals that worked with him, I must have appeared delusional or at the very least in denial. Not really. I was remembering all the things God had done for me. I recalled another time in my life and our marriage that God acted above and beyond what I could imagine. Kip and I have been married 41 years in counting, but we've been a couple for 47. We dated for six years. There was a time when I was afraid we weren't going to make it. Let me go back to the beginning. We came from very different family cultures in regard to money. We both came into the marriage with a lot of emotional baggage and anger management issues. After 22 years of marriage, my husband and I were at an impasse. We were so angry and so bothered by one another, we were in each other's face constantly. Every conversation ended with an argument. Unfortunately, we couldn't see we were both to blame. We were holding each other hostage due to our own emotional baggage. We were like two stubborn sheep butting heads, locking horns in selfishness to get our own way. We weren't seeking the shepherd. We were too busy looking around, coveting what we thought were greener pastures. Back in 1977, when Kip and I were planning our wedding, we decided to engrave our wedding bands with Love Forever Debbie and Love Forever Kip because we believed in the sanctity of marriage. Forever, that was God's plan. In the wedding ceremony, we vowed to each other and to God in the company of many witnesses. Jesus had a few words to say about meaning what you say, and that what God has joined together, let man not separate, Matthew 19:3 through 6. Jesus also tells us the two will become one flesh. The fact is, after 22 years of marriage, serving the Lord together, side by side, we did become one. Even with all the anger and animosity we felt for each other, Before the separation, the separation itself made us feel like we'd undergone an amputation, experiencing phantom pain. For us, the pain was very real, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Our society has made it very easy to terminate a marriage rather than invest the time and energy. I remember telling my maternal grandmother, Mary Mom, that we had separated but that we have a plan. And Lord willing, it will work out. Mary Mom told me, Debbie, in all my years going to church, following God, I do remember there was once a couple that separated and came back together stronger than ever ever and fervent for the Lord. That's exactly what I needed to hear that first week of the separation. It gave me hope. God did it once. He can do it again with us. I held on to that hope for dear life. God knows how desperately I clung to him and his hope. I was like a cast sheep, the lost sheep, but I knew the shepherd would come to my aid before it was too late. If I gave up on Kip or us, that would be the end. This marriage was so badly broken that only the hand of God could put it back together the way it was intended to be. I was up to my eyeballs in self-pity, anger, depression, and selfishness. The only way out would be to trust my God and Savior to lift me out, to carry me, especially in the beginning, to guide me and finally lead me home. When things look bleak and impossible, remember. Remember what God has done for you in the past. Answered prayers, grace, and deliverance in the valley. Remember, He is the same yesterday, today, today. And tomorrow. Satan would tell me God is expecting too much of you. Leave the narrow path and follow me. When I was tired and emotionally drained, it would have been easy to give up. I, like the sheep, was already looking to the right and to the left. Why not follow my head? I am so thankful that the Spirit of God within me urged me forward and drew me to his words. He also reminded me that God had set my feet upon a path before I could walk. It was no accident that I grew up in the church, and deaf ministry in particular. I had the opportunity to acquire American Sign Language, ASL, as a child, interacting with deaf adults, CODAs, children of deaf adults, a deaf preacher, and interpreters. God blessed me with the gift of interpreting ASL for his purpose, and he has been blessing me ever since. What had Satan ever done for me? except bring me grief. I stayed on the path and continued the journey for reconciliation with Pip. When I entertained the thoughts that Satan was putting in my head, my counselor reminded me that I would be taking me and my baggage into any relationship I had. I started to realize over our time how true that was and how much I contributed to tearing down our marriage and my husband. God help me, I'm such a sinner, but like the shepherd in the fields for the sheep, He is always there with me." After a 19-month marital separation, we both felt that we wanted a new start together. One of the last things we did while apart was to attend a marriage retreat, writing love letters to each other. Reading and hearing those letters from heart to heart helped us to know that God had done his work and we were meant to be together and stay together. More importantly, we wanted witnesses to hold us accountable. We made the decision to have a new date for our renewal, May 5th, a day we could always celebrate as the day God reunited us as man and wife in his will. We asked our daughters to serve as our attendants, Val as my maid of honor, and Crystal stood up with her dad. The church was packed that day. All those people joining us to celebrate and to witness our vows. The preacher John Massey talked us into facing the congregation as we took our vows and to have Kip say a few words. I will never forget what Kip said to those in attendance. Thank you to our counselors for helping Debbie and I to understand each other. I want to thank our preacher for the spiritual guidance he has given me for the past two years and helped me to recommit my life to the Lord to make sure that God and I are in close relationship. I want to thank my daughters Crystal and Valerie up here participating with us. Because we are not only reuniting a marriage, we are reuniting a family. And I want to thank them for their patience in putting up with their parents. And most of all, to thank Debbie for expressing her desire for us to be united again. Her patience and her willingness to give us another chance, it brought tears to my eyes. Tears of joy, of gratitude, and of love for the man that God had again put in the center of my life. During the ceremony, the minister mentioned that he looked forward to a time when we began to feel like newlyweds again and just enjoy each other's company. He also asked those in attendance to sign a poster that we could hang in our home to remind us of their encouragement and to keep us focused on God and each other. It hangs in our bedroom as a constant reminder of God's work in our lives. Please understand, Kip and I are still imperfect people, working God's plan as husband and wife. Yet we are so much better today. We have learned the value of discussing honestly how we feel about anything that is or has the potential to be an issue. We do not want to give Satan a foothold in our marriage again. We learn the hard way that real communication requires listening, honesty, and a real effort to understand what the other is saying and feeling. We own our feelings, but we have to be careful not to use them against each other. My prayer is that God would use my experience to give you hope and his blessing. Whatever the outcome, the shepherd is there to lead you on. Just be sure it is the shepherd's voice you are following. This year, May 5th, 2018, we celebrated our 17th anniversary of that vow renewal. The shepherd will lead you out of the valley in his time. I don't always know what to pray for, I just want God's will, whatever that may be. The joy I felt being reconciled to Kip and renewing my vow, not only to him, but to God as well, was breathtaking. I don't know how people go through this life without the benefit and the comfort of God and Savior. But this is one sheep that will never forget the peace of depending on him as we travel that valley. The Lord is my shepherd, and I now know what it truly means to say, I shall not want. Barely a month after our vow renewal in 2001, we were hiking in Big Bend National Park on the window trail. There's a steep 200-foot drop from the trailhead in the basin campground. As we reached the bottom, we heard a strange sound. We were both looking up, looking around, then it hit me, Look down. There was a large rattlesnake right next to his boot. I yelled, move, with all my might, and thankfully he did without question and then turned to see the last three foot of that snake disappearing into the rock wall. My shepherd provided protection with his presence that day. If Kip had been bitten, there was no way I could have gotten him up to medical help or the rangers. God is merciful and amazing. So while Kip's condition in the hospital was grave, I was aware of my shepherd's presence, and I was determined to be a very heavy sheep seeking and trusting my shepherd and him alone. My delight is in the Lord, and he has given me the desires of my heart. Do not misunderstand. I am very much human with the same weaknesses and frailties as those around me. The difference is I believe God is able. I lay it all before him along with my submission. I beg for more time and ask that his will be done. Please, God, give me strength, but your will be done. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Paul tells us in the book of Philippians how to accomplish that feat as we read in chapter 4. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Wednesday, March 29th. Now Satan will do his best to create doubt and send someone into a hospital room like a doctor full of doom and gloom, bringing thoughts of discouragement and doubt to mind. Our shepherd is always close by. We just need to acknowledge who God is, that he wins. We win. Read the end of the book. God tells us in Revelation that he will win, that Jesus will come in triumph and take us all home. Knowing our shepherd cares and is ever-present, We can dismiss thoughts of doubt by ruminating on God Almighty and his faithfulness. Facebook post, 1127 AM. Kip is good. They woke him up again today so he could exercise his lungs, breathing on his own. But the ventilator tube is still in his mouth so they could put him back to sleep with the ventilator for rest and making the transfer. It's such a blessing to look into his eyes and hold his hand when he's awake. He was awake about an hour and 40 minutes. He will be moved to Methodist, Maine today, just waiting for a bed in cardiac ICU. The transfer will be critical, so I'm praying God, our shepherd, will carry him across town on his shoulders. Surgery is scheduled for tomorrow, Thursday, at 1030 in the morning at Methodist, Maine. I'm very encouraged. He's doing very well. Thank you for all your prayers and love. We feel very lifted up and blessed. It is good to have family around in times of trials. As humans, we need people to lean on. We were so blessed. There was a steady stream of church family visits up through the surgery. We continued to receive daily visits up until we left the hospital. My Mac family, my flock, made sure that we knew we were in their prayers, sharing with us God's love and support. Daily, I had brothers and sisters in Christ asking if I needed anything. Could they bring me anything or something, meals or anything else? It was a wonderful lesson in humility because my first thought was to say, no, I'm fine, I don't need anything. Truth be told, I needed and appreciated every visit, every meal, goodie bags and the hugs. Most of all, I loved when they prayed with me over Kip. No doubt in my mind, God was listening. Thursday, March 30th. Psalm 30. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. As soon as I woke up on surgery day, March 30th, I opened my Bible to Psalm 30 and read the entire psalm over Kip, praying, crying, and so lifted up by the words of that psalm, words of hope and promise. The nurse came in and I looked over at her. She said, please don't stop. When I met with the surgeon, Dr. Hamner, at 8 a.m. that morning, he asked if I had any questions I asked him what we could expect from the surgery since it is a grave risk he told me that yes his risk score is a 5 or 6 but that means there's a 94 to 95 percent chance that everything will go smoothly will go well and surgery will be a success wow I could have used that information sooner it was still up to God of course but that did build my hope even more for a good outcome did you notice the reading for the day God healed in the past, and he could certainly do it for Kip Doug Brown, minister from Mac uh, prayed over me excuse me prayed over Kip with me just prior to the surgical team taking him down. Doug asked that God make the doctors, nurses, and all involved be attentive to their task so they would not overlook or miss anything in the process. I was thankful for that prayer. I had faith that my God would bring us through this, and we would indeed be able to celebrate a victory of healing I knew in every fiber of my being that God is able and is present in the midst of surgery and recovery after surgery Dr. Hamner walked into the waiting room he told me it went well Kip had had four bypasses his heart is working well he's still on the ventilator and I can see him in an hour after hearing this news from the surgeon and hugging all of my family in attendance I asked my brother to lead a prayer of thanksgiving. We were spread out all along one wall of the waiting room. Waiting room. In order for all of us to hear and join in the prayer, he had to project his voice. So the waiting room was blessed with a prayer of thanksgiving and praise to God. Facebook post, 1.58 p.m. My soul is dancing before the Lord. As I crawled into my own bed that night, I went to sleep thanking God over and over for his love and his mercy. Sleep was sweet and restful. My shepherd restored my soul. He led me to the quiet waters and made me lie down in his pasture. His rod and his staff comforted me beyond all measure. Psalm 31, 6-7, through 19-22, and 24. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. And in the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling, you keep them safe from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed his wonderful love to me. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. In Psalm two, twelve, blessed are all those who take refuge in him. 8 a.m., April 2nd. Happy anniversary. Kip is alive and well to celebrate with me. What a wonderful day. To walk into Kip's post-ICU room, see him sitting up in bed with a smile on his face, and love in his eyes as he told me, Happy anniversary. My heart was so full. The man I love, the only man for me, was indeed alive and well. That God was merciful to us, giving us more time to live together on this earth. Praise his holy name. We decided that with the new lease on life, we wanted and needed to rededicate ourselves to the Lord and His service. God soon gave us the opportunity to serve with more fervor than ever before. Since his heart attack, Kip has been able to open himself up to embracing and experiencing God's peace. Thank you, Father. Each day brought more and more healing at an amazing pace. On April 3rd, PT and OT told us, Kip would be another week in the hospital and two weeks in rehab before being released to go home. After all, he'd been laying flat and sedated for six days and muscles had atrophied. Hand-eye coordination was just not happening. Yet each PT and OT session, he made greater strides than anticipated. Fact is, he came home from rehab just 12 days later. I was so excited and I guess delirious the day I picked him up. We stopped by Walmart to get his prescriptions. Kip didn't want to wait in the van. He wanted to get out and walk. I dropped him off at the entrance, parked the van, and then realized as I entered the store that he had had to walk across from the market entrance to the pharmacy. (laughs) He was a trooper and didn't complain, even though I could tell he was dog-tired. Sunday, April 16th, Easter Sunday. Let me tell you what God has done for us. Easter Sunday was just three short weeks to the day, March 26th to April 16th, of the pneumonia, the heart attack, congestive heart failure, collapsed lung, need for quadruple bypasses. We were standing together in worship, praising God. It was a day full of joy and God's blessing. To God be the glory, great things he has done. I am convinced all that happened, so all of us could witness God's awesome power display. As it says in Ephesians 3, 20, 21, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. What a mighty God we serve. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you for your prayers, cards, visits, love, and support during those weeks. I felt so lifted up, and it gave me the strength to rest in the Lord and to experience his peace like never before. I have always loved the verses Philippians 4, 4 through 7, but they came alive for me during this time. God's peace truly surpasses human understanding, but it is very real. I pray that for each of you. In June 2017, Rosa Rodriguez was baptized at sunset during a four-day deaf workshop and gospel meeting and Bible classes there in Lubbock. She had been to visit us the summer before, but she lived so far away. God sent Daniel Torres, deaf and graduate from Sunset, now serving as minister to the deaf at Southside Church of Christ in Fort Worth, to cross our path. Daniel and a group from Fort Worth drove to San Antonio to pick up Rosa and take her to the workshop in Lubbock. Rosa was in Bible study all that week, and she obeyed the gospel. Daniel brought her to Mac the Sunday after the workshop on his way back to Fort Worth. He asked Kip directly to pick her up because she's a new Christian and needs to be attending Bible class and worship. Kip agreed. Talk about revival. Rosa hadn't moved any closer to us or the building, but with his new heart and renewed commitment to serving the Lord, he was willing to make the drive. As it turns out, Rosa has been a real godsend for us and for the deaf ministry. She always comes to Bible class, to worship, to various events and fellowships at Mac. She has been inviting her friends, and they are coming. She is excited about the Lord and can't help but share her faith. She is so eager to win souls, she wrote a song, which which for the deaf is more poetry and visual imagery. The song is about the choice we have to follow Jesus or not, and it is quite moving. It's titled, Your Choice." For those who seek him, our shepherd will always add you to his flock and provide what you need to grow and mature. Deuteronomy 4.29 But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you search for him with all your heart and all your soul. Amplified. God told the Israelites in Hosea 5:15, through 6, 3, I will go away and return to my place on high until they acknowledge their offense and bear their guilt and seek my face. In their distress, they will earnestly seek me, saying, Come and let us return in repentance to the Lord. For he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Isaiah 26, 19, and Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10, also uh, refer to that verse. So let us know and become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know and understand full the greatness of the Lord, to honor, heed, and deeply cherish him. Amplified. God still wants that kind of relationship and commitment with us today. Sisters, we are going to face trials, burdens, disease, and death in this world. But we are not alone. We have a shepherd beside us all the way. He will lead us through dark valleys, but he will never forsake us. We simply need to follow him, not as a crowd follows a celebrity, but as his dearly loved sheep, children of God in relationship with him. As we seek him, we will grow to love him more, and he will bless us in the process, cling to him, Fight to stand with him and not be moved, because when the journey is over and we enter the fold for the last time in heaven, the peace that passes understanding, that sustained us here, will overflow with joy in the glory of the promised land. Thank you. The lesson is yours.